passed down from my grandmother and grandfather and my aunt and uncle. It was in November 1963 that I remember being in my classroom and the announcement of President Kennedy's assassination coming over the loudspeaker. That year was a defining year in my life. I was never the same afterwards. My rituals and my obsessions took over. School was not a pleasant place for me. I was smaller than my classmates and an easy target for bullying. This happened on a regular basis. I avoided the playground at recess. My home was a little more than a block away from school. During my elementary school years, I would go home for lunch to avoid the playground. Those times that I did not go home usually resulted in a beating. And in those days, you did not go to the teacher for help. You were on your own. When I became of age to where my permanent teeth started growing in, I was confronted with a new problem. My teeth grew in very crooked. The two teeth next to my front teeth got pushed forward. Now I had another reason for beatings on the playground or in the hallway at school. I was called vampire teeth. I begged my parents to have them fixed, but they could barely afford the basic necessities. They told me that they could not help me. It was not their fault. I never really learned anything in school because I was so worried about simply surviving the experience. I was an easy target, and there was always someone who wanted to show off by giving me a good beating. I retreated completely into my own world. My cousin Tony was my only friend. I was afraid to speak up in school, so I never understood anything I was being taught. I could not draw attention to myself. I should mention now that I was in a private Catholic school. You paid a modest tuition and they passed you no matter what. I did go to summer school one year during my elementary school years, but they always passed you. I remember my first crush in elementary school. Her name was Denise. I thought she was so beautiful. Dark black hair and very delicate features. How could I ever get someone like that to be interested in me? I talked with my hands and my mouth to cover my teeth. I was considered one of the dumb kids because I always did poorly on tests. Somehow, me, my cousin Tony, and my sister Deb were talked into taking accordion lessons. I really wasn't that interested in it at the time. I was probably 10 or 11 years old. My father taught me a song on the accordion. This was the perfect opportunity for me to show off and try to impress Denise and the rest of my fellow students. 
I would play and sing this song in front of them. I was taking a chance by drawing attention to myself, but I was willing to take that chance. I don't remember what song it was. I was popular for a day. I don't remember particularly impressing Denise, but for one day I didn't feel like the dumb kid with the crooked teeth. This popularity, of course, did not last very long, and soon I was back in the same routine. If it was not for my cousin Tony, I probably would not have had much of a childhood. As it was, I was lonely enough. I did have my siblings, but I was still lonely and insecure. I never did get to tell Denise how I felt about her. I would have to wait until I turned 16, until I had my first girlfriend. school when I met my first girlfriend at a school dance. She was a friend of my sister Deb and she arranged for us to meet. It was love at first sight for me. Her name was Debbie. I was with her for three years. Eventually she went away to college and that was the end of my first relationship. At age 26, I was still living at home. I was in an attic apartment in a big house that my parents owned. I was always working at some kind of job, but I was too petrified to be on my own, and my mom did not force me. My father didn't really care one way or the other. As it turns out, they would divorce in 1980. I did not develop emotionally. I never challenged myself. I was never forced to challenge myself. I lived in a comfortable mediocrity. I was a prisoner of my mind, a prisoner of all of my fears and obsessions. I lived in a world of my own. I never really understood anything about life. I did not want to know. During the seven years after Debbie went away to college, my life was very simple and lonely. I was very self-conscious about my looks. My teeth were very bad and I could not afford to fix them yet. From the time I was 19 until I was 26, my life consisted of piano and TV. I decided the answer to my problems was to become a rock star. I would write and perform my own songs, and I would be discovered. Of course, this never happened, but the dream kept me going. It would be another 25 years before I would even begin to understand 
really write music. At this point in my life, I did not really know if I was happy or not. But I knew I was safe, and safety was most important to me. My mind told me everything was dangerous. I still could not drive my car on the highway. I never did anything on my own. I was always afraid of something. I had no social skills. I had no coping skills. Then I met a friend of my sister, Kathy. Her name was Linda. She was eight years younger than me. I had no business being around a girl that was not quite 18 at the time. A relationship developed quickly. I still don't know how to this day. I had nothing to offer. She was young with beautiful red hair. I ended up moving into an apartment with Linda for one year. But the relationship was doomed to fail. Her parents disowned her for being with a man that was eight years older than her. We were together for two years from 1980 to 1982. Besides the difference in age, my insecurities and limitations killed whatever we had between us. I could not drive anywhere and she had not yet dated enough men to know who she wanted to be with. It was so selfish on my part to take her away from her family and use her the way I did. But I craved companionship. I wanted a woman to love and to be loved. From 1982 until 1992, I lived with my mom. We lived in a few different places, but there I was, 36 years old and still with my mom. During those 10 years, I went on some dates, but nothing ever developed until 1987, when I met my future wife, Theda, at a place I was working. She was 14 years younger than me. It was Linda all over again, only the age difference was much greater. We dated for five years before I asked her to marry me. Her parents, of course, did not approve of me. I completely understood why. If they would have really known how insecure and incapable I was, they would have had much more to worry about. But I assured them that I would take care of her. They gave me a chance, and I will never forget that. Our daughter, Laura, was born in April 1993. To say I was not ready for the responsibility of a wife and child is a gross understatement. I loved the idea of having my own family, and I tried to be the best father and husband that I could be. Eventually, I got a secure, good-paying job in 1994. But my insecurities and obsessions were still there. Shortly after Laura was born, I started having a lot of trouble sleeping. I've always had a fear of losing one of my senses. 
I started fearing the darkness when I closed my eyes. I started imagining that I would be paralyzed if I went to sleep. My phobias and obsessions were in overdrive. I would lie awake most nights, absolutely terrified to sleep. I had a young daughter to take care of. I had a wife that needed a husband. This particular obsession with sleep took over. I sought the help of a therapist. They put me on drugs, many different drugs. They worked to alleviate my anxiety, but they also took away my ambition and creativity. I missed a lot of things I could have done with Laura when she was young. I was not a very attentive husband. I was being the same person I had been all of my life when I was alone, but now I had others who were depending on me. I did the best that I could at the time. Eventually, with the help of medication, I could function enough to do my job and to provide the basic things for my wife and daughter. But the marriage was damaged beyond repair. Dita never had the chance to be on her own before she married me. I did not supply much support for her, and she never had a chance to discover who she really was before she married me. We separated in 2009 and divorced in 2012. Laura and I talk every day and we are very close. I was so lucky that she has grown into the woman that she is today. She knows that I love her and I think she understands my limitations.